A young couple gets once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win $5 million. The catch? Stay in a room resembling a blank space for 50 days. Will they be able to endure or will their lives forever change? Welcome to the Immaculate Room. Enjoy your stay. Detective Unit, I have given us all a week off. It's a bank holiday week here in the UK, but rather weekend. It will be a bit extreme, it's just bank holiday week. Imagine that. It's like August and like there's a couple of them in the summer. Imagine if it was just a whole week. Yeah, imagine. So that warrants for a week off, which on this channel means a switch from true crime to fake crime. And as you might be aware, I have asked in the community tab, what kind of thriller, what kind of thing do you want me to watch? And then tell it to you as a story. And a lot of you suggested books, because you know I'm a nerd. Should I close the window? Most probably. A lot of you suggested books, so I put those on the list. However, I didn't have the time to actually go and read a whole book and tell you a story on this occasion. So I have done a bit of Google, a bit of Google searches, and I have found a movie. That's not a movie that I watched. I just like telling people stories about how we got here. So this supposedly was a really good rated movie on Netflix that I plan to watch eventually. I have downloaded it, put it into my list. Everything was prepared. And then I was on TikTok. Okay. And this thing found me. <laughs> so many things on TikTok. My algorithm just knows me. The For You page is a curse. It's a curse of my life. I have gotten off every single social media platform, but the damn it. Damn TikTok. Um, if you are in the older, what are we called? Gen Z? I don't know what I'm called, what my age range is called. But if you're like turning 30 this year or are older than that, completely just reveal, please reveal your birth date and everything. They know. They don't. They don't follow this that, that closely, Maya. If you are in that age range, do you use TikTok to find music? Because that's my main purpose for that app. And sometimes, like, it just knows me and suggests me movies and series to watch. And it did that this time. It's my favorite type of TikTok. So, like, I think it knows your click-through rate. It knows that you stick around for those videos. And it was showing me Basically, the type of videos that show up on my For You page sometimes when it comes to movies is like the most, the weirdest voiceovers, right? So it's like the couple can win five million dollars if they only stay in this room. And it's kind of like on two times speed and it just never makes sense. It's like clear Google Translate and then they put that TikTok voice, the automatic voice on it and I just always stick around because I don't know why. Un hombre se gasta 100,000 dólares en un bolígrafo, solo para dibujar en la pared. Solo entonces podría quedarse 50 días y obtener 5 millones de dólares. Pero la pluma solo duró dos días. Y pronto volvieron a estar en estado de aburrimiento. Ese día, Annie estaba a punto de ducharse. Parecía ver una escena horrible. But this seemed like a good idea. So I sticked around, like, you know, I stuck around for about 60 seconds of that whole TikTok. And I was like, I want to watch it. It seems like a good idea. What if the execution is great? And then I watched it. And I'm here to tell you that the movie that's called The Immaculate Room that we are speaking of today um, is one of those where you should Google and check like Rotten Tomatoes, like other reviews online before diving in, maybe read a review, like a really short one, and not dive in. So this is definitely one of those where I have watched this so that you don't have to. <laughs> so without further ado, let us dive into the story of the day. I'm going to tell you the story of the Immaculate Room. The idea was there, 
And I want you in the back of your minds as we are going along to think, who would you bring into the Immaculate Room or Deserted Island? or any one of those options where you have to spend 50 days with that person. No TV, no distractions, no social media, no phone. It's you and that bitch. Who, who are you bringing along? Who can you survive for 50 days for a prize or without a prize? Maybe some of you would be like, oh my god, their presence would be enough. In which case, what the fuck is wrong with <laughs> Why do you love people like that? Anyways, without further ado, the plot of the Immaculate Room. And then you tell me what you think about it. Did I convince you to watch a movie? Most probably not. Let's just be honest. Most probably won't happen. But uh, this is the plot and how they executed it. You meet a couple called Kate and Mike that enter the room that is just completely white. There's only a bench and a bed and a door to what you will find out leads to the bathroom. And they push a button. A voice comes over the speaker telling them that they're in the Immaculate Room. Their stay is for 50 days, and if they remain in that room for 50 days, they will get $5 million. If one of them leaves, the prize money drops to $1 million for the one person remaining. Upon hearing this, Mike starts running across this room. He's doing laps. He's screaming for joy. Him and Kate are immediately in this sense of trance. Kate tells him, I mean, this might be a second chance for us. We should split it. It would be easier. Mike says, kind of like a prenup, isn't it? Well, Kate says, that means that you would need to propose. He immediately starts planning. I can quit my job. I can smoke a blunt for Elon Musk. I can build a school in Zimbabwe. And Kate is kind of trying to ground him, saying, well, I'm going to invest. But now, let's just pay attention to this luxurious abode. So this is a master bedroom. Kate will explain. This is where we're going to be exercising. This is where I'll meditate in the morning. And this is the toilet. It's all X amount of square meters. And this is our stay, our luxurious stay for 50 days. As you would in any hotel room, you immediately test out the bed. If you don't, you might be a sociopath. Let's just not even lie to each other. You might be a sociopath. Like, you want to know if the bed is going to be comfortable for your stay. They are not complaining, you know. It's a comfortable enough bed for a 50-day stay. Everything is peachy. And then, as they're lying on the bed, Mike says, I mean, there's no TV. What are we even going to do? And then it sinks in. It's about five minutes. They're not ripping each other's clothes off. I was like, you know what? Why am I here? Why is this even executed in such a way? They're not, there's no chemistry between them. They're already bored. They're already, it's five minutes into their 50 day stay and they're just bored. They have nothing to talk to each other about. And you're like, well, this is a red flag. This is gonna go smoothly. How are these two individuals even in this predicament? Before we find out a bit about how they actually ended up there, we find out a bit about how Immaculate Room operates. They never see another person. Meals are delivered through this drawer, and they're, of course, in a white carton, always whatever, you know, shakes they get, whatever milk, whatever that they get in terms of food is delivered in this impeccable design. So they just drink it from the carton. When it comes to the bathroom, it has a little chute for the clothes where they just put the clothes and then presumably those clothes are washed and again delivered to them through another drawer. 
Mike is kind of nagging immediately about all of this. It's not really Shake Shack, like I'm not really having burgers and fries, but at least, you know, the water in the shower is hot. We can have showers whenever we want. There's no really limitations. He even jokes about how are there any rules in this contract about the immaculate room and this experiment of how I should be washing my teeth. Should I go counterclockwise or clockwise? Like, is there any clause about any of that? Oh, okay, I mean, this seems like a plan. Like, I have clean clothes, I can shower as many times as I want, I get food three times a day at certain times, and then you see a dashboard. Lights automatically switch off at 10 p.m. and wake-up time is 7 a.m. You hear the voice once the lights are switched off saying it is evening. Enjoy your stay at the Immaculate Room. The lights go off and it's almost completely dark, at least that night. That's something that I found interesting because it's pitch darkness, but then later on in the story, as the lights go off, sometimes it kind of seems like there's that floor lightning, giving you that infrared vibe. And why that's kind of important? Because again, you think like, okay, they might be doing it, you know, they might be doing it. <laughs> what the fuck am I on? <laughs> <laughs> you just expected porn. You just expected porn. <laughs> the lights go off and the two of them are lying in bed and Mike immediately starts shooting his shot, telling Kate, I mean, I know you want to. Like, what else is there to do? Which straight men out there, if you have to spell it out that they want to, they don't want to. You would know if they want or just ask for consent. Don't be a, a creep. But Kate says, what if he's watching? Who is he? Professor Voyan. So we get the idea that there is somebody actually on the other side observing this whole experiment. Mike says the room is completely black. No one can see anything. So, you know, if we are quiet, if we go under the covers, nobody's gonna figure out what's going on here. But you immediately start thinking like, mm, is there an infrared lightning? Probably is. Probably somebody's monitoring them during the night as well. Otherwise, what the hell is the point of this whole experiment? The next morning, as they wake up, you hear that robotic voice say, Good morning, Kate. This is your wake-up call. Enjoy your stay in the immaculate room. And you see Kate go to the bathroom. She stares at herself in the mirror and says her morning affirmation. Today, I will show the world my work. My name is Catherine Frith, and today is my day. Today, I will summon abundance. It's very self-helpy, and you immediately think like, okay, is it something that she used to do on the outside, and then here she's doing it purely for survival? Because, of course, after a couple of days, you see that it takes a toll. It comes with angst rather than just her manifesting a great day. But she immediately sits down to meditate, and Mike is just running around. It's still very much happy energy. Like, they go have a shower, they're playing off with a towel, they're playing hide-and-seek. It's very playful. At some point during the day, Kate asks Mike, why do you think he does it? Professor Voyan, that is. And Mike says, well, haven't you watched, like, his work? Haven't you watched a documentary called Fame? It is based on the experiment that he has actually conducted. He has gotten some blue-collar family, he found them, and then he spent $150 million to see what would happen if he made that family Kardashian-level famous. 
he succeeded in making them famous. They all became influencers. It's that type of fame. They started selling, you know, cereal through commercials. One of them was a personal trainer. But then the mom shot the dad when she found him in a bed with another woman. And now Voyan suffered no consequences. He actually made more money than God. He only did one interview and is now loaded based off of this experiment with that one family. To this, Kate says, no, I haven't watched fame, like I didn't really pay attention much to this experiment. But also, not everybody is that easily manipulated where this would lead to, what, a true crime case? Not everybody would do the same. Their conversation is interrupted by this voice coming throughout the room saying it is midday. And Mike is there saying like, sure, sure it is. It seems like he is suspicious of anything and anybody in this room. Nobody can be trusted because there are people on the other side. And what if they're actually telling them the wrong time? What if they don't stay there for 50 days, but rather 100? Who knows? Because they're not the ones controlling the time. They don't have the access to watches. They only see the remainder of the days left above the door that is leading them to the outside world. To which Kate responds, it's day two, Mikey. It's a bit too early for the conspiracy theories. Five million dollars. Just keep your eyes on the prize. Why would they keep us here even longer than 50 days? Like, it's already too long for the two humans to be observed in this room where there's nothing to do. Another day comes around and you see Kate again talking to herself in the mirror. My life will be filled with success and positivity. My name is Catherine Frith and today is my day. She comes out of the bathroom asking Mike, you got this? Like, you're better today? You're not on this conspiracy theory train? Mike, he, he ain't got this. He's a weakling, as you will find out immediately. He's running laps in that room still as Kate is exercising. And you see that it's the second day and he's already suffering. For the next 12 days, they still pretty much get up to the same thing. They eat, they shower, they sleep, they sometimes meditate or run around, they play hide-and-seek, they play like red gloves, literally anything that pops into mind without having anything to play with, having any toys, having TV, having anything to do. 12 days have now passed and it's clear they're losing it. Like Mike sometimes is just staring at that countdown, just counting the seconds of it, just seeing, you know, is, there's no conspiracy theory, it's definitely just this amount of time that is left. 27 days have passed and Mikey finds a sign of life on the floor. It's a cockroach, okay? But he, at this point, has already lost it. He has found something to animate him, found something to distract him. So he goes on the floor, takes the cockroach onto the palm of his hand, and he's like, hey there, little fella, wait, wait here, wait for a second, like, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you to survive. So he goes to the carton of food that they have gotten, and it's just milk. He spills some on the floor and tries to get the cockroach to drink some milk. And that that robotic voice sounds off, food is only for contestant consumption. At that point, Mike has lost it completely. How is that fair? Like, we need this to survive? Like, don't you have any humanity left in you? And he has taken this cockroach again into his hand and is moving towards the door. To which Kate loses her mind because if Mike goes through the door, if he clicks on the button and the button lets him outside, 
that's it. The price drops to one mil and it's only her in there. She's like, for a cockroach, are you losing your freaking mind? Like, stop doing that. And he says, no, I'm gonna, you know, convince them. I'm not going out. I just want to let the cockroach out. And Kate is trying to explain to him that that's not how the rules work. If you push the button, you're out. It's a living being, Mike says. Compassion? It has just never been a strong suit of yours, has it been, Kate? Oh, why? Is it because you're vegan, Mikey? Because you can preach on veganism? The only reason why you're vegan in the first place is because you have chosen to piss off your daddy. Because you have never, ever suffered. So how can you even preach on something like this? Suddenly saving bugs just because you're a vegan. And as the two of them have been arguing, Mikey drops that cockroach on the floor and Kate steps on it. And she says... I'm so sorry, it was an accident, I swear. The two of them just don't talk for the rest of the day. Next, we see Mikey peeking through the bathroom door, saying, Kate, I'm gonna take a treat. And we find out that they each have two treats. Each treat takes about $100,000 out of the whole pot, out of the prize. And Kate is telling him, like, we're not even halfway through. Are you asking me for my permission? Mikey says no. He goes to that dashboard, to that pad, and claims his treat. He confirms he's gonna spend $100,000 on it. And what comes out? A green crayon. Kate gets out of the bathroom and just immediately is looking at him, taking that crayon to the wall, being like, he just spent $100,000 on a green crayon. A single green crayon that, as we know, is about to, like, run out within a couple of hours. He has a couple of hours to do something. And what he does is he makes the use of the full room. He's using that green crayon and just making these weird-ass profiles, making these caricatures. It's hella creepy. So now they have to spend over 25 days in this room still that looks a lot disturbing. A lot more disturbing than it did, like, about five minutes ago. After he amuses himself, draws these disturbing little creatures on the wall, he actually turns to Kate and he's like, oh my god, have you ever posed for anybody? He's like, Titanic, come on, like, this could have sparked some romance earlier on. So she's like, no, but I'll sit on the floor, I'll pose for you. And then Mike asks her, oh, do you want it to be realistic? Because, you know, it's more fun this way if I were to draw you like a creepy little caricature. And she's just like, you know what? It's already uncomfortable on this floor. It's fine. Just let's just drop this. It's like, no, oh my god, I'm so sorry, Kate. And you see her just getting the towel and, you know, wiping some some of it off, but eventually just completely giving up because he has washed his hands, now the bathroom is all green, everything is just green and disgusting, and the two of them are clearly not in a good place. Kate gets out of this bathroom eventually after cleaning everything up, saying, I'm sorry, like, I've been a real bitch, you have claimed your prize, you have clearly at least gotten, you know, some of it out of your system, clearly at least amuse yourself for a few hours, it's harder than I thought it would be. But there's only 20 days now. We can do this. Next thing you hear is Kate screaming. Because she has just gotten to a bathroom at a random time during the day and has seen a gun on the counter next to the sink. She's saying, I don't like this. Can you check if it's loaded? Like, somebody's messing with us. 
they say, well, as they're discussing, like, what to do with this gun now, because it is clearly loaded, they are suggesting, like, let's just put it through the closed chute. However, then the robotic voice makes a sound saying the chute is for clothes only. You can't put anything in it, meaning they can't actually physically get rid of this gun now. As they're trying to figure out where to put this gun so it's not a distraction for them, it's not on anybody's mind, they hear the robotic voice say a different thing. Connect is about to start. And Kate seems to be completely unaware of what Connect is. But Mikey, who might have read, you know, terms and conditions and the guidelines of this whole experiment, says like, oh no, we each have one message from a family member. So let's just go to this side of the room that apparently has a projector and a screen going on, and a message sounds off. The first message is from Mike's sister. She's just dissing him. She's saying, like, oh, you dropped out of free colleges, but you committed to this. I mean, it really seems like, yeah, the breakup from Kate has been doing well for you. Like, you're trying to escape your ex. This is, though, what you had to resort to? And Kate is just looking at him like, oh, so you didn't tell her, like, we're back together? Like, great great, this is just great, this connect thing has been the best thing that has happened here in, like, half of the time that we are here. Mikey's sister finishes off the message saying, be kind to yourself, though. Like, while you're there, actually take some time to process your stuff. Shown kind of stuff. Just take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. And the message, of course, ends on with a weird note. But they don't have time to discuss it because... Kate's family member is on the screen. And immediately, as she sees the face, she goes into a full-blown meltdown. She goes onto the floor, she hears the voice, and she's like, make it stop. Somehow, somebody, make it stop. She goes to the projector, tries to, you know, like, place her hand over it so that the screen doesn't show it. But whatever she does, she can't stop the video message. The message continues. And the man says he has been off the streets for a couple of weeks now. He's in a shelter called St. Mary's. And he starts singing. He's singing her this lullaby, this song, that he used to sing whenever she was unhappy. And she is just sobbing at this point. She is unconsolable. She goes onto the bed, lies down, and just refuses to talk to Mike for the rest of the day. The next day comes around and you still see Kate in bed. She is completely shaken. And she finally decides to tell Mike who that was. She says, that was my father. Like, I was always ashamed of telling you who he was. He drank away our childhood. He was just never there. It's not easy to undo the shame of the father who just drinks away your house and any chance that you have for the future. So you see this dynamic of him possibly being like privileged, you know, somebody who had maybe daddy issues, didn't really have much going for him and his struggles, so he chose to be vegan compared to Kate who clearly struggled through her childhood. And Mike at this point, it's about 18 days that they have left, you see that this has really taken some toll on him. He is just sitting down and reading the label on the clothing. 100% cotton, cold wash, do not bleach. He just keeps repeating it as if it's going to give him some clue on somebody or something behind this experiment. He, however, chose to sleep on the floor. 
And he tells Kate, come on, take a treat. Like, it will cheer you up. You know, disconnect had happened, and clearly we still have 18 days left. However, Kate goes to the bathroom and changes her mind. She doesn't want to listen to him and take the treat. She tells him, no, you go and take another treat. As Kate is in the bathroom doing her daily affirmation, saying, today is my day, today I will summon positivity, she crumbles. She crumbles, she tries to start all over again, but she decides, fuck it, I guess today I will not summon any positivity in my life. She decides to get out of the bathroom and see, you know, whether or not Mikey has decided to claim his treat. And in the meantime, we have seen that, indeed, he did. He did put, you know, his consent on that dashboard, on that pad, saying that he's gonna claim a treat. And he just looked down, expecting another green crayon to be dispensed. However, a lady walked in. So, as Kate is coming out, she is being introduced to somebody called Simone. Who is Simone? Well, Kate is asking her, like, oh, hi, you're familiar with the stay in the Immaculate Room? Welcome, enjoy your stay. It is midday, indeed. Like, you also here, are you sharing a prize with us? Like, what's going on? Have you read any of the documents? And Simone is just completely unaware. Immaculate Room? What? No, I'm an actress. This is a gig. Oh, did I mention that Simone was completely naked walking into this room. Yeah, yeah, she was butt naked walking into this gig that her agent had gotten her. And she has signed up to stay there for a month, but they can't technically tell her to leave at any point. And you see that Kate is looking at her as if, well, as if she's been hired as a stripper. And Mikey is looking at her in a completely different light. He's suddenly completely smitten. But he is willing to make this situation completely not awkward for any of them. Considering that Simone signed some NDA papers, however, clothes were never part of the equation of this actress gig that she had gotten, Kate is just looking at Mikey like, can you take your shirt off and pass it on to her? And as soon as he does, Simone says, oh my god, who said chivalry is not dead? Guys, you know this room? This white-ass room with this green, disgusting painting on the wall? You know what it reminds me of? This dance studio in Paris. Do you dance, Mikey? Oh my god, come dance with me. And she's as free-spirited as she can be. She's looking at those green paintings. She's like, you're such a great painter, Mikey. Kate, you're such a great model. Look at this. It seems like you have posed for him. And he points to the more realistic painting, so you would think like it's one of the profile caricatures and you're like, wow, that is disturbing. She thinks that's Kate. But it seemed like he did paint her in a more realistic light. But Kate doesn't give a fuck. She's already on the other side of this room telling Mike, like, come over, come over here, you little shit, come, come over. So, uh, you know how you were the one for conspiracy theories? You trust this? You trust this whole actress gig? Because I don't like it. Like, who the hell sent her? Can she be trusted? Can we even sleep tonight? But Mikey, suddenly, who doesn't trust that they're telling the time correctly and that they're doing the countdown in the right way, no, he is just completely out of the conspiracy theory world, which is completely smitten. He's like, no, I mean, come on, if they say she's an actress, she's an actress. She's walked in here naked. So, what are we gonna do with her, Mikey? 
because I don't know. She's your treat, so I think you decide what needs to be done with her. What are we going to do with her? What are we going to talk about? What is going to happen? And just like that, the lights are off. It is evening. Enjoy your stay in the immaculate room. So they find their way onto the bed. And here you kind of see that the lights are different, or at least in my head. Suddenly there is that infrared kind of vibe, which is like the floor lighting, and this is probably so that we can see their faces, because Kate is in between Mike and Simone, and you can clearly see that she will not shut her eye that evening. She will not get a single minute of sleep, just trying to figure out if Simone is gonna sleep with her man, or if she's gonna kill them all. Because remember, there's a whole gun situation that maybe Simone doesn't know about, but still, Kate does. Another crucial thing is just before they fall asleep, they're arguing, of course, like, who's gonna sleep on the bed? And Mikey suggests, like, I can sleep on the floor. And Simone says, don't be insane. I'm gonna stay awake because maybe they actually buzz me out. I did sign up for a month, but my agent said they might buzz me out after a day. And this kind of gives Kate hope. However, still, all three of them end up sleeping on the bed that night. And, of course, Kate is in between the two of them. To which I put in the script, like, what a missed opportunity for the threesome scene. Because you know that, again, TikTok or just videos online or like, what movie, what series would be made if there was the two main characters were to have sex? And then, like, the next scene is like, None, because that's a very dirty mind, like, that would make any show actually worse. Like, that's a really wrong way of thinking about things. If I find something like that, I'll put it here so you actually understand if you don't live on TikTok in your free time, like this homegirl here. But it just reminded me of that, because I was like, oh, so nothing is gonna happen, like... Shows that would have been better if the two main characters had sex. None. This is a perverted thing to want in a TV show. Any plotline can be successfully portrayed without the mentioning or carrying out of sexual activity. Quality TV does not need to exploit its characters in this way in order to gain a bigger audience. Is this really realistic, though? Like, if you had a chance of, like, this woman coming in naked into this immaculate room and you're just like, nope, I'm gonna still be as, as stuck up as humanly possible. Nothing is gonna happen here because... Oh, you're against threesomes? I don't know. Why is nothing happening here? Why are they just sleeping next to each other in a very asexual way? Anyways, the next morning, Kate wakes up. Or rather, well, we think she hasn't really slept the whole night, and she immediately gives a sigh of relief because she thinks Simone is gone. However, then she goes into the bathroom and finds out that Simone is very much still naked, still there, just having showered. To which Kate is done. She just shuts the door, she immediately goes to the pad, and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna take my treat. I still have two left, so uh, here we go. She just immediately presses on the yes button, and she's waiting for whatever, her crayon, something to be dispensed. And as she opens the drawer, she sees a little box. And when she opens it, she realizes that she has just been given ecstasy. So she takes the pill, and she gives one to Simone, who willingly, of course, accepts it, because she's ready. She's ready to party. I mean, she has been hired for this gig. And then 
You see Kate kind of not really willing to give one to Mike, saying like, I mean, you can sit this one out. However, Simone is like, oh my god, no, Mikey, you gotta take it, you gotta take this ecstasy pill. The next couple of minutes are just mush. You don't really know if they are making out, if this is all a delusion. You see Kate smelling Simone's hair, the two of them just lying on the floor. Everybody's just in different parts of this room and you're like, again, missed opportunity for certain things. Are they making out? Is everything a trip? Is everything just in their head? But then Mikey suddenly starts screaming. He's having a meltdown saying he's drowning. And we see a flashback of a little boy drowning as Mikey is watching. And as soon as he comes back to his senses, once the trip is over, you see Mikey speaking with Kate, saying, yeah, I've seen Sean underwater. And we jump to the scene between Kate and Simone, where Kate actually explains to her that Sean was Mikey's little brother, that he was taking care of him and just looking at him, and Sean fell into the pool. Mikey couldn't really do anything, but this has been eating him alive. And Mikey is just at this moment sleeping in bed. So the two of them just continue chatting, and Simone tries to milk for more information, you know, just trying to, like, befriend this woman who clearly so far has hated her guts. So she's asking the most obvious question. How have the two of you met? Kate says she was at a park, it was pissing down with rain, and she was without an umbrella. So Mikey came forward with one, saying like, hey, can I help you catch all of these raindrops? To which Simone says that's so romantic, the two of them seem to have finally reached some sort of common ground. Now, it's nighttime, and you see that Kate is asleep, however, Mikey has woken up. And he is the one now sitting in the same spot, talking to Simone. He tells her everything about Sean, about his brother, about how that is what affected him. And Simone opens up herself, saying that her mom died when she was 12. She died in a car crash, there was no goodbye message, and then the next day she just knew that her mom is forever gone. Two decades later, she is still picking up the pieces. It just everywhere you turn, there's only pain. You realize love is the only thing you should pursue, says Mike. To which Simone looks at him and says, so how much love does five million dollars buy? And you get the feeling that she is again referring to this shitty relationship that he has with Kate. The two of them are clearly not for each other. Is this going to buy the two of them getting back together? Is this going to buy the love? She doesn't really spell it out. But it's up in the air. It's good to get the painful stuff out. And the two of them just intertwine their hands in this very special moment, which is when Kate decides to get up and sees that it's happening. So she loses it. What's going on with the two of you? Don't you have any class? Does it give you pleasure to seduce another woman's boyfriend? Oh, you were just sharing thoughts, you were just opening up, so you are a stripper and a psychologist. You hold hands with everybody you talk with, and Simone is just telling her, you're just insecure. This is why you're lashing out. You really should work on that. You know it's gonna be a bad, bad night. So, next morning, there's a knock by Kate on the bathroom door. 
you're gonna be long, but Simone isn't there. She's finally gone. They can finally have a sigh of relief. That is until Kate gets to the side of the wall where there's an inscription, inscription that hasn't been there the day before, that says, no one's ever made love to me like that before. Signed, S. What is that, Michael? Wake up, Michael, there's something on the wall that just hasn't been there before. You know who she looks like, Michael? Your ex. So tell me, when, in this predicament of a couple of days, have you actually slept with her? Because it's clear that you have. And Mikey's just looking at her like, I haven't. Like, there's nothing. There's been nothing going on. Clearly, she has left this, and then her agent, you know, dispatched her out of this room. Like, she's messing with us, Kate. Kate doesn't think so, though. She thinks that he's gaslighting her, so she just pushes him, and he hits his head on the side of the wall and falls down, and clearly he's bleeding. However, this is when we find out that if he was to leave for medical help, even, that means that he's gone. You know, the price drops to one million. It's against the rules. So she's just trying to put, you know, the towel on this wound, trying to calm it down. And Mike is just trying to rationalize with her. Like, even when I moved to New York, I was still faithful to you. Like, I need to leave. I need medical attention. To which Kate is saying, no, 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 Michael, think, think about the money. And Mike is saying, like, how far would you go? You'd let me bleed for the money. Look at what this place has done to us, Kate. This is how we win. We leave. Maybe we save this relationship, maybe we don't. But this is how we win. We don't let them control us. And as Mike is walking towards the button, you see Kate in the background pull the gun out. And you kind of start wondering, like, wait a minute, why did she have the gun on her? Like, in her pocket, in her clothes, on her. Was it because of Simone? Was it always there? When did she, who was super paranoid about this gun, actually start holding it? She says, you're not allowed to just throw away millions of dollars. It's just wrong. To which Mike responds, this isn't you. It's the room. It has changed who you are. However, Kate takes the gun, points it to the ceiling, and fires a warning shot. Michael, though, he continues walking. He presses that button, and you see 16 days on the screen as he exits the room. You hear, goodbye, Michael Walsh. And from that point on, you see Kate sleeping on the floor. She's disheveled, she's barely eating. Because you have to assume that this has also ended their relationship. Like, once they get out, the two of them are not going to be together. So she's going through a breakup and also trying to stay there to win one meal on her own. We see on that screen that there are two days left. And we see a wall inscription that we haven't seen up until that point saying, I'd catch every drop for you, referring to their first date. She is so close to pressing that button at this stage, when it's only two days left, and we speed up. We go into the future, when Michael is what seems to be on his evening run. He is just passing by as this woman, which we'll realize once she turns around, is Kate, is walking around from an apartment block. And we see St. Mary's on the door as she's walking out and locking the door. And Mike says, Kate, it's been a while. 
Kate apologizes for everything back then, so we are to assume that they haven't actually met up after this experiment. She was indeed visiting her dad in the care home, and Mike asks, so the money? Did you make it? To which Kate just deflects that question, saying, how's your sister doing? You still painting? Good. You should keep it up. And as they're walking down the street, Kate supposedly never answered that first question that interested Mike, we zoom in on the plaque at St. Mary's, saying St. Mary's new kitchen was made possible by an anonymous donor. We see a different couple walk into the immaculate room. Welcome, Rose Wright and Jack Simons, says that robotic voice. You have been chosen to spend 50 days in the immaculate room. To which Rose responds, excitedly super thrilled to be here. This is gonna change everything. And that is the end of the movie, called The Immaculate Room. So, uh, should I, in hindsight, have checked the ratings of the movie? Yes. Did I want to switch it off multiple times? Yes. Did I stick around? Um, also, yes, because I really wanted it to be something. That was the idea. The idea was good. The idea was good. The, you know, graphics, like the room, the design, like, the idea was good. The execution was not. There were so many points that they could have followed up on, and it just seemed like somebody just gave up. I was like, why was this even introduced? So many of them. Why were they introduced? The only one that they followed through, and I guess that was the initial idea that they just fucking jumped the gun and, like, tried to do, was that whole experiment by Voyant, which, by the way, I looked up, was that a real thing? And I don't think it was, just from the quick Google search. But that's the only thing that they kind of followed through. Like, are people easily manipulated just by a naked lady walking in kind of thing? It's like, oh, jealousy makes people pull out a gun and then not shoot this person because she didn't follow through, like that person from the experiment. But it's everything else, like the connect, the messages from the family, Kate. Kate was supposed to, in my head at least, be a crucial character. Sometimes I thought whether it was all in her head, like, will her morning affirmations lead anywhere? What the fuck was the point of all of that? Also, something that I didn't mention, because again, they never followed through, is that the robotic voice would sometimes say, good morning, Kate. And, like, it wouldn't never address Michael. It would be like, good morning, Kate, this is your stay at the Immaculate Room, whatever, whatever, it's midday. And I thought maybe there was something to that. Maybe Kate was behind all of this. Then the stories with the family members, again, never developed. The whole mysterious thing is like, did she win? Well, she must have won because the anonymous donor plaque. Again, like, you're not giving me any satisfaction, not giving me any satisfaction at the end of the movie. The background of the two of them could have, again, been embodied, like, been put into the story better. Like, how does that fit? Why did we start that story? The background on anybody, background on Simone, why start it off? Why start it off? If you don't, then make it connect with the rest of the story. And also, did it change everything? Because if you end the movie with a new couple being like, oh my god, this is gonna change everything, did it? Like, the two of them already weren't working out, so what, did this help them break out, break up? That's it? Like, was that the whole point of the movie? For the two of them to realize that they need to break up? There was nothing to this movie. It's as if they had all of the plot lines and then they just dropped them all. They just gave up on them all. 
So my question to you is, how would you have done this better? <laughs> how would you have done this better? Like, connected all of these storylines? Or maybe just focus on, like, one of the two, like, the experiment and then follow that through, I don't know, in a better way? I thought this was gonna end up in, like, a crimey kind of way. Doesn't, it just didn't, it just didn't go anywhere. And I was like, what the point of it? Damn it. And also, who would you have brought to this kind of room? Do you think you would be able to, like, soldier through 50 days? And regardless of any of the trees, regardless of who was to go in... Oh yeah, that was another thing, because Kate only used one of her trees. So again, I was like, what would have been the second one? Did you even... did they think about that? And not to mention that the scripting of this was just jarring. <laughs> there was just nothing to... I was like, again... They're just sharing a moment and she's just there like, oh my god, you're a stripper and a psychologist. I was like, this was it? Really? Out of everything, like, we get that she's jealous and uptight. Like, we get it. <laughs> just give her better scripting. Give her better lines to say. So yeah, this was um, a movie that you definitely don't need to watch. The idea was there. And there's so many movies like that these days where, like, it's a great idea, and then the execution is just like, well, I just fucking drained this down the toilet. I don't think I would have chosen this many subplots if I were to answer my own question of, like, how I would have done this. I just, um, yeah, I think I would have made it crimey, though. I think I would have made it in such a way where one of them would have been, like, killed off, and then the other two would have to, like, live with themselves. Or, I don't know, something connected if there is a background story there of, like, a father. I genuinely thought, like, when that connect happened on the screen, like, maybe she was abused, maybe there's, like, trauma there. You know, connect then that to the present moment and that whole experiment. You know, make me, like, scarred for life when I watch something like this. Make them then spend some time in that room while after they kill the person. <laughs> maybe I am so sociopath, maybe I am a problem. And then what? What would the second reward be for Kate? What would the second treat be that would make it all really messed up? Think about it. No, 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 wait. No, I need to think about something now. Wait a minute. Play, play. Play like some cartoonish music here. Insert cartoon. I know, it took me a whole last minute. What if the second treat is the increase of the reward money, if then, you know, because they have killed off the third person, right, in the room, and then probably they would have killed off Simone or rather Kate because of the jealousy, because, you know, experiment, manipulation, blah, 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 and then the second treat is the increase of the reward money put if she is to be the second bullet, because we don't know how many bullets were in this gun, kill Mikey. Will she do it? Would she have proven that she is actually easily manipulated? Because she was there for the money. Or, you know, Russian roulette kind of thing, like, one of you can go out and double the prize money, but you have to kill the other. Come on, that would already be a better movie in my psychotic head. Like, otherwise, I don't know. You tell me what plotline would you have chosen to finish this movie on and I'll stop hitting what is a mirror <laughs> to my left. But anything, literally, any, I think any plotline that comes to mind would be a better one than, than how this movie had ended. So I'm so sorry to the producers and the writers. But, um, but yeah, this was, uh, this was something. So I hope this doesn't 
encourage you to watch this movie. I hope that is it. And I want to know, yeah, what other people would choose as a plot? Like, how would you have executed this kind of idea? Because that's what I want to know. Because I feel like people would have, like, a lot sicker plots, especially if you consume true, true crime content, and you're like, oh my god, fake crime? This is how you execute it. And you would have much better ideas. So this is why we are here. I want to know how would you have executed this kind of idea. You let me know. And next week I should be with you with an actual true crime case that somebody else executed and we have to figure out who done it or why done it or something about it because something about it will be controversial because that's the type of cases that I'm fixated on. But now my out, my out and you let me know what you have thought of this one. How was the sound in this one? I feel like this is the time when I usually hear an ice cream truck. And I'm like a child, I wanna run to it. Because also it's a Friday, it's like a bank holiday Friday that I'm recording this on. So I'm expecting ice cream truck sound and I'm not hearing. I'm very disappointed with everything, with how this day has gone back. The plotline of this day, no good. Cool, yeah, really don't care. Okay, anyways, I'm out now and I shall be seeing you guys next week. My out. Come on, give me the sound. Give me the infamous ice cream truck sound. I really don't ask for much in life. You ask for everything. You ask for everything in life at all times. I'm a needy bitch. Okay, bye. Bye, guys.